Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So pop in a mixtape. It's time for... I Never Saw That. This week on I Never Saw That, we are recording in a professional manner because we are having our first return guest on the podcast. Technically not true. But the only other returning guests were my brother, Scotty, and my sister-in-law, Nikki, but their returning episode was Strange Brew, oh, yeah, which isn't count. in our timeline, so that doesn't really count. That was a so, mistake. So. so really, yes, this is our first returning guest. We would like to welcome James Anderson. Yes. You may remember him from the Empire Records episode of I Never Saw That. Hey, 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 hey. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Jen and Micah. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi. We're Hi. great. We're so we're excited good. to have you back. Yeah, cool. we're really cool. excited. Yeah, so we're talking guys... about... Oh, go ahead. Do you guys feel the context of of podcasting with someone changes after you meet them in person? Yes. Like I feel like it's I feel like I'm just, I'm like on the phone with my friends and we happen to be recording it now as opposed to like <laughs> yes. Okay, so then we're going to do this podcast with these podcasters that I know from the internet and stuff that now like yes. we've hung out and stuff so it's it's like it feels like a, a more homey sort of thing. So. I yeah. couldn't agree more. I felt um, like I always have some anxious energy about like recording with guests. E- actually, even when just Micah and I record, I have some of that. But I, I'm yeah. much, much less anxious this time than I normally am. And I definitely <laughs> think that's why. Yeah. The first time we had you on, you were with Aaron, your co-host on Unabashedly Obsessed. And I had only yeah. ever met your voices before. Yeah. Right. And heard you. And... Then we met in person at PodCon, and we hugged a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot and of so hugs. And so now I feel like, oh, I'm just t- hanging out, talking with my friend about this amazing playlist he sent us. Why yeah. don't you tell us about the playlist, Jen, and why there were playlists traded, swapped, Wait, if you will. Wait, you want me to tell about yeah. it? Well, actually, well, this was an idea that James had way early on in our oh, podcast, okay. actually. James was, you may or may not remember or know, James was one of our first supporters. He was actually our first subscriber. And anyway, early on in our discussions about um, James guesting, his idea was to make a playlist. So then I made a playlist for our Patreon thing and I sent it to James and then he got off his ass and finally made his. That's <laughs> yeah, how I yeah. would describe it. That's, that's, that seems right to me. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the part that the behind the scenes at the beginning uh, that I can, I can clue you in on now. I'm actually, I'm writing a newsletter for that comes out tomorrow for our, for our Patreon. And uh, oh, nice. it's basically like James pitches, ideas for shows that haven't asked him to be a guest on them yet and he t- <laughs> so i'm just like saying things that i want to be on and like what i want to do because that's sort of my like i'm like oh man i love this podcast they'd love to have me on as a guest here's what i could yeah. do so <laughs> that was sort of i i'm emb- i'm a little embarrassed but also it's so ins- insanely my brand that 
Yeah. I, I can't, you know, why, why fight it? That like, I was really like, oh man, I love, I love the concept of I never saw that. I love the execution of it. How can I get myself on this thing? Oh, I don't <laughs> think it was like that. I'm, no, I don't think it was, I don't remember it like that, James. I remember talking about. I specifically about... remember messaging you being like, hey, I know you haven't asked me to be on your show, but here's what I could be. Should you, here's what I could do. Should you want me to be on your show? Are you serious? Did you Absol- really do that? I'm, I, I, I'm absolutely positive. I, 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 I sent you, like the first message I ever sent you was like caveat filled. I know that I am messaging you out of the blue and also you haven't asked me to be on your show, but here's the idea for what I, I would love do. It. Well, I was really into it and excited about it. So cool. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and I do have to say, any podcast that would balk at that and be like, ooh, James, I don't know. I don't want to listen to that podcast. Yeah, fuck that podcast. Well, oh, thanks. <laughs> Frankly. Thanks. Wow. The, the, um, and then the, the, the secondary behind the scenes thing, the get off my ass part, um, mm-hmm. when I first pitched it, I was like, oh man, okay, so I could go, I could go through all the, all the charts of the time period. Oh yeah. Both the the Hot 100 and the Alternative Songs because I do this countdown show for the Alternative Songs chart, um, which at the time was the Hot Modern Rock Tracks chart. It's a right. The, the name has improved. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was like, oh man, so I could figure out like the best songs of all those and sort of mix them and match them and stuff. And then that was so overwhelming, as you might mm-hmm. guess, because mm-hmm. what I what I just described felt overwhelming to me just in yeah. thinking about it. So then I don't remember what it was. I feel like it was, I mean, like that, that playlist that you made certainly was, was a catalyst, but there was something mm-hmm. where I was like, all I need is like story songs that I have stories about. Right. So I made this um, big list uh, that I actually, it's not necessary for me to find, but that I'm like, I know that it's, it's within oh, I'd love reach to of me see right it, now. Though. Yeah. I made this big, huge list and then I, um, I basically started going through and crossing off things that um, I actually, and then for brief a brief time when I was when I was making the list, I uh, I thought that it was ninety four to ninety seven, so I oh. definitely um, <laughs> made that narrowed <laughs> it picked down a bunch a of bit. songs and like started making the list, and like it wasn't, and then I was like, wait a minute, crap. Uh, not that one, not that one, not that one, not that one. Um, so then I basically made a playlist that I really liked, and I decided I gave myself an arbitrary like ten song limit, mm-hmm. um, and that was and that was mm-hmm. it. And so that's how I got my uh, twelve song playlist. I was gonna say, well, it's actually yeah. thirteen. <laughs> it's actually thirteen, uh, right, but you're counting. Right. The we'll get two. into that. Yeah. Well, okay, we'll get. Yeah, to yeah. Um, there, I, I put two um, <laughs> supplemental tracks at the end right. because I think they're <laughs> yes. gonna come up in conversation. But uh-huh. I didn't want to rely on your t- t- tertiary tier mid '90s grunge or uh, mid '90s uh, country music knowledge. Uh-huh. I didn't want to uh-huh. like make any assumptions about stuff that <laughs> yeah. I didn't personally also have. So that was um, a good call. I added them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Especially yeah, for the, the country one, because that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, how do you feel about just going track by track? Like I That sounds, track think... by track sounds good to me. Okay, great. So, track one. You opened yes. with a real banger. Yeah. Real one, uplifting. One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. Oh my gosh. So, so now. This... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just was just going to say, I 
did not realize that they had even collaborated. I had not heard this song yes. before. And I, I actually really did think this was a, I don't know if you were being sarcastic, Micah, but I thought it was a perfect, like, even though I didn't know this song, it's like such a classic 90s R&B mm-hmm. hit, Lord Jam, you know, yeah. that, and, and, yeah. and those very big musicians that, uh. At the, like, height of their game. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. See, I had, <laughs> like, a very strange reaction to this when it first came on because I thought, oh. Boys to Men and Mariah Carey. I remember this song. I clearly did not because I started thinking, like writing down notes and thinking about what we would talk about. And all I could think about was, oh, this was totally played at like eighth grade dances and middle school dances. And then as it got into it more and I remembered the song, I was like, oh, no, this is about all their friends that died. Right. (laughs) This isn't the love song that I was imagining. It's a heavy song. Boys to Men had that, that like genre or that, I don't know. The time love to be song? played on lock, like I eighth had, grade dances. Okay, I made that exact note that when it, I assumed it was a love song <laughs> at first, and then when you start yeah. listening to the lyrics, then I was kind of like, "Oh, so this song's about like how cool it's going to be when we all die." Yeah. Uh, but then, <laughs> right. it's, but then it's also like, "Oh shit, this is like I, I I wondered if they had mutual friends who had died or a mutual friend who had died. I don't know if you know James, but I I don't know who this song was specifically written about. I do know that I always I always got the same impression though um that it was like we have mutual friends or we both have friends in sort of a you know what would come a year later when um Puff Daddy and Faith Evans and 112 would make a police cover um <laughs> about Notorious BIG I yeah. always got the impression that it was like we're coming together for a reason even though I like if there was they definitely didn't it wasn't like a candle in the wind sort of situation where it was like this is about so and so right like the, yeah. the music video wasn't like in tribute to anyone i think it was basically just like so a lot of people we know have died huh right yeah. well let's like it like that sort of thing is sort of what i always got the impression of yeah um, just to bring yeah. it down a little bit more i did read a little bit about it and, <laughs> oh great um they didn't what i read was that they they all wrote it together so boys to men and mariah carey got together and wrote the song about specific people in their lives that they had lost, but not any one specific person. Mm -hmm. And it was also about the AIDS epidemic that was going on, which I think is interesting. It places it in a specific time period. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, that's what Waterfalls is about, too, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. So so talk to us about why you picked this song. And if there's a reason why it was number the first song, too. Yeah. um, Oh, well, the first it was it. I needed to talk about this song. Like this is this is sort of the reason when I when I messaged you out of the blue, <laughs> it was like, well, I have to get on and talk about one sweet day. Oh. So, um, so this let's was... reverse engineer a way that I. Can... <laughs> <laughs> this has been the motive all along. So this along. is correct. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I never told you that. Um, <laughs> the so this is the um for ever since it came out. Well. Ever since, for a long time, it was the longest running number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, really? Um, until 2017, when Despacito tied it, <laughs> but didn't 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 beat it. Wow! Because Taylor Swift came riding in on her on a, on a horse and like literally like knocked Despacito off mm-hmm. just for one week, and then something else took her place. But like 
I really was like, oh, thank you, Taylor, for coming in and just like, <laughs> like Despacitos, whatever. But like, I was like, do not defeat One Sweet Day. <laughs> it needs to be, it needs to at least hold the tie. But so, yeah, I owned this on single. Oh, I love course. it. Um, I loved it so much. Um, I believe the other side of the single was like a live version or something. <laughs> it was something where it wasn't like, it was like, oh. Yep, here's this song again, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Like a lot of those um, had like the instrumental on the other side. Right, yeah. right, right, right. In case you need to add it to your DJ set. <laughs> it's like they're, they're... Well, they just had nothing else to put there. So. Right, they're <laughs> no. pegging you. They're yeah. like, you're so cheap that you're only buying the single. You won't buy the whole album. We're not giving you another song. <laughs> uh... I was like, I, but I like once I found out that it was a record breaker, I was like, yeah, I helped with that. Um <laughs> So yeah, I um, I, I love this. Oh, just I'm amazed that I had never heard this song if it was that big and popular. And now I think maybe I have heard it. I just don't remember. Well, just you were in Montana. It. No, I know I was in Montana. You never heard. I that. I never heard that. Oh, this playlist I called. I never yes, heard that. Which I oh, love. I forgot and, and to mention that. Yes, that was that. very clever. Anyway, I'm sorry, James. Um, Go on. When, when I came back to the, make the playlist, at, you know, a year later or whatever, I was like, James, no, their podcast is called I Never Saw That. Jesus, you didn't even know. <laughs> oh, it's a thing. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I I really love this song. Um, I, you know, like, it's only gotten more. I think I saw the video a lot on MTV, mm-hmm. like, that summer-ish. Um, I, ha- I wrote down, here's the research and notes I took. I wrote down the release dates of all the songs oh, on the, on the playlist. Just to make sure that I was still kosher on <laughs> on on the time period, and I know that that I think both of you have been like, "Don't worry about it," but I'm gonna worry. I'm no, gonna but worry you wanted to be, lot. yeah, which I appreciate yeah. too. But so uh, this came out on November fourteenth, nineteen ninety five. Perfect. But I don't believe I would have bought it until maybe like spring of ninety six. Okay. Um. So I really loved it a lot. I think I liked the video. The video was basically like them getting in like a to a, like a loft in wherever they recorded the music video and like it you know it at least appeared to be i don't know if it actually was basically a behind the scenes of them recording it uh-huh. and i had a big huge crush on Mariah Carey because i was alive yeah. mm-hmm. and um and you were like so what 13 in 96 Ish? So, like, in 96, I I would turn 13 in July. Okay. Okay. So, I was 12, 13. And I'm really excited to talk about how old I was during this time period later. (laughs) Um, But we'll get to to that in in, in a couple (laughs) songs. Um, My favorite part of the the entire song, to this day, it's, like, the last little bit of the, like, you know, there's no more verses. They're just doing the chorus over and over again. And then one of the boys to men... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fellows and Mariah Carey um, do this thing where they're like to this day I'm like I listen to that song for that yeah. moment I listen to that song over and over for oh. that moment alone it's a great song and like a good good performance by everyone involved but like that, that is your like moment. three seconds is 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 the, the the part that I would I would just put on repeat just because I love it so much. I remember doing that when I was a kid, like rewinding the tape and just listening to one part of the song over and over and over. Yeah. yeah. I love picturing 13-year-old James with his single, like just rocking out to Mariah Carey yeah. and Voice Men. Like that That yeah. seriously makes me very happy to think about. I love it. And it, especially if you picture that I was most likely, so I was living in Annapolis. Mm-hmm. I lived in Annapolis from 93 to 90. 
we moved in 96. Okay. Let's just say um, Goo Goo Dolls' name was very important to me <laughs> in remembering the girl that I left in Annapolis that never liked me, but I had a huge crush on. Okay. So like 96-ish, summer 96, I believe we moved to Virginia from Annapolis. Um, so there's actually, there was a lot more of an African-American culture in Annapolis uh-huh. than there was in Sterling, Virginia. Uh-huh. So I like a number of these songs are really interesting to me because I'm like, oh, I don't know that I would have listened to again this this one song uh if i hadn't lived in annapolis and had and had like the radio experiences and like the peer group that i did right which is sort of an interesting thing to think about because it's such a blip on my where i lived radar because i you know i lived there for fifth and sixth grade and that's it yeah but this i think i like you have to picture me listening to this boys to men mariah carey song um basically just from the video probably staring dead-eyed playing like sega genesis it Uh it, like it's it's not it's not as as spirit i would love it to have been me just like getting down but it was probably just like really it was i was almost certainly completely motionless (laughs) (laughs) except for maybe doing like a like a little like hand thing on that one part because like again i loved it and i lived for it so um it was really cool to find out that like this song was on both their albums. Oh, like, it was. It was on two and uh, and daydream. Oh, I did not um, know that either. So they put they they both put it on there, which I think is a cool thing to do, and especially like I think of those albums as both like fairly iconic. Yeah. Um, especially day. I have like like six Mariah Carey songs that like I have on like a playlist on my right. iPod, and most of them are from daydream. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah. cool. I love but, it. Yeah. So. I was really super, super into this song, and like it was really validating once like Wikipedia came out to find out like it was huge, the most number one, most weeks number one right. of all time, and had been for twenty You're years. Like, or whatever. I knew it. I knew um, it was a good. Song. It was really cool. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it's that part. <laughs> I um, love your point about <laughs> everyone. Loved I love that your part. point about your peer group, though, like because that has so much to do with the music you listen to. Like, yeah, it was. It was the one time in my life, like, I lived in Colorado, Nebraska, and Sterling, Virginia. Yeah. So, like, it was the one time in my life when I was, when I was definitely, like, in the minority. Right. Um, and it was a very interesting time of, 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 of my life. And, like, I also got into, like, Green Day because there was one kid that lived, like, down the street that was, like, check out this album. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I like this very much. But Which is um, a perfect transition. It was also, like... the. Yeah, you know, I just yeah, nice uh, just a segue. I wish it had been. I wish it hadn't been Dookie that I was talking about and was in fact Insomniac. But I was in. I got into Dookie in that right, right yeah. around that same time. But this is um, one of my favorite songs of all time. So the next two songs are both by Green Day, and you have informed me that they count as one song. All right. So yeah, when the radio doesn't play Jaded after Brains Do, um, they're wrong. Um, yes mm-hmm. i'm so mm-hmm. glad you said that yeah. actually yeah because when i the first time i listened to this playlist and i i wasn't really i was like doing other things and yeah. wasn't paying super close attention i did not even realize there were two different songs right right even though like brain stew is very familiar to me mm-hmm. um yeah. but yeah so that made a lot of sense brain stew is such a like a weird song for uh green day to do mostly because it's a chicago cover it's 25 oh, or four. Well, not really, but it's the same, the same melody as twenty five or six to four. It's just that uh. um, twenty five or six to four goes dun 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 dun. Uh-huh. Um, so it's the same thing, um, and so I always uh-huh. joke about it being a uh, a Chicago cover because I 
okay. really feel like that would piss off yeah, most so Green it's... Day fans. Um, <laughs> but uh, I also love that Chicago song quite a bit, but they didn't release it uh, in the period of time, so we can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I first heard this come on, I thought, oh, this song, yeah, it builds so well and then there's no payoff but jaded is the payoff exactly yeah and it's so good the whole song is like building up and building up and it almost gets there but they never quite right cut loose and i'm sure live when they play them together like that it's amazing right play them together i'm sure that probably they not do. always but or they go oh, into okay. something so else that is also right. yeah okay so when you said that these count as one song i thought you were kind of like just cheating but you're actually saying this is one song, yeah basically like this was designed to be essentially one song as, yeah as far as i'm okay. concerned yeah this is like it should have been like a, a foreplay long time sort of not to make another 70s band reference in this green day discussion <laughs> but like boston released a song called foreplay slash long time where they did basically this cool like synth masturbatory long thing <laughs> and then go into this other song that they wrote like four years later but like they spliced them together oh and if okay. green day had been like Hey, track four is Brain Stew slash Jaded. Uh-huh. It would have been would always played on the radio. Sense, yeah. And yeah. Right, because. Because, but then, so then this song was on the Godzilla soundtrack as the Godzilla remix. Oh. Um, and I like the Godzilla soundtrack quite a lot. It has a lot of good songs on it. But the Godzilla remix of Brain Stew, which is just they add Godzilla sounds to Brain Stew. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like. Dun on roar! <laughs> Dun on, dun on, roar. Yeah, it's silly. (laughs) Um, I also have specific memories of getting on the school bus Mm -hmm. in what must. So this was released July of 1996, uh, July 3rd, 1996. So I would have been getting on the bus. 96, 97 was my eighth grade year. So I would have been getting on the bus in Sterling, Virginia. um, And I wouldn't have necessarily been listening to this, but my friend Christian who uh, got me into, like, the alternative radio station and um, Smashing Pumpkins and stuff, would would have maybe been singing this song, or I would have been singing my, this song, but only the my eyes feel like they're going to bleed part, mm-hmm. because I felt like that was super edgy. And, like, <laughs> like I hadn't discovered Alkaline Trio yet, so, oh, like, God, it was yeah. as dark as I could possibly get. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, I always really like in concert how Billy Joe um, at the... Uh, my face is numb. He he goes like face numb. Like he he like basically like <laughs> drops all all feeling from his face. So it sounds like he has like gotten like dental surgery. And it's really it's really I think I sing it that way uh, every time because <laughs> it's it's more fun that way. 
And I still don't know uh, any of the words to Jaded at all. And I don't think you're supposed to. Yeah, I don't yeah. think anyone does. I, I don't think Billy Armstrong does. <laughs> so I, it's, it's interesting to hear the date of when it was released because I was going to ask because I'm so familiar with Brain Stew. So it was released yeah. right before I left Montana. So it makes sense that right. I am that familiar with it. on the radio it, a lot, But I didn't right? know Jaded at all. So I must have been listening to it on you know, just on commercial radio yeah. stations. Um, but I... And, like, yeah, there, there are definitely, like, radio stations that will just be like, okay, that was a great Green Day song, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Right. <laughs> but I also, like, I totally, I totally have nostalgia connected to this song, which I, you know, didn't realize until I listened to it. I was like, oh, I this actually makes me feel nostalgic. Yeah. Um. So it's, that was interesting. But I loved Jaded. I actually like Jaded better because it's... It's like that short, fast it's, punk mm-hmm. thing that I love. Like, yeah, yeah. I really, I maintain that Brain Stew is generally only good for being a build-up to yeah. Jaded. Like, I think it's a, it's good and whatever, and it, and it, yeah, it fine. fits well with like the very darkness of Insomniac and like mm-hmm. it. Insomniac was such a weird album because it like Dookie had all these hits and Nimrod, the next album, had all these hits, and Insomniac was like, yeah. We also do this stuff, which is very, very dark and very, very angry and not very poppy at uh-huh. all. Oh, it's not popular. Okay, I guess we'll, I guess we'll, we'll reverse course. But like, brains do fit into that. But Jaded felt like a return to Dookie, um, <laughs> which was kind of cool uh, like for them phrase. to sort of put that extra little thing. Yeah. I hope their I, next album is yeah. called A Return to Dookie. I know. Actually. I hope so too. A Return to Dookie. There's so many kids out there that think of that are like nostalgic for Green Day, and they'll be like, "Ah." Oh. And I'm about to say this. It's gonna sound like I'm I'm dunking on this album, and I but I love this album. But like being like, "Yeah, remember the good old days of Green Day with like American Idiot?" And I'm like, huh? <laughs> like "Yes, that was a that was a good album." Ten years into uh-huh. a, a a career that they were already five years into when they got gigantic. But yeah, yeah no, that's fine. You're, it's like what you like. It's fine, but <laughs> you it goes back further. Yeah. It goes even deeper. Green Day is one of those bands that I never really listened. I didn't listen to other than the big hits that I heard on the radio. Like I just, it just wasn't a band I ever, and I don't know if that's because, I don't know why that is, but um, yeah, so I don't really know. I know American Idiot and I know the big singles, but I don't know like what album is what or like, I really don't know. I know them when I hear them though. You know, yeah. like yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, what? yeah. Um, wait, you know when wait, you see what? it. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's Not, what? what? Um, that's a Supreme Court <laughs> reference. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, but uh, Dookie is a perfect album, and it came out in 1994. So um, I don't know. Oh, oh. Can, may I take the opportunity here to put in some requests for full albums that I was like, I want to have a song from this. Oh, they should just do I've, this full album. I'm gonna um, take a note right now. Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Okay, that is so many people have said yeah. that, and also they're making a musical out of it. Yeah, did you know this? I did. So know that. we need to. I think so that's, we get to jump on that bandwagon. I, yeah. I think that needs to happen very soon. Yeah, and then uh, no doubt, Tragic Kingdom. Okay. Yep, that's another. People one. have requested that too. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't uh, surprise okay, me, but it. I also need it. I was like, I'm not going. I'm actually actually a little pissed. Actually, actually, come on, James, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so before we talk about track four. I just want to say oh, right. this. I just want to say 
how much I like you, James. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I like you so much. This and, is what's called a shit sandwich. And I, I don't like this traveler at all. Okay. I'm in your way. <laughs> no, that was it. It was you not a sandwich. You have to finish up with another compliment, No, it's though. not a sandwich. It's just, um, I it's love like you. It's like an open shit sandwich. It is. And it's the shit don't on the like shingle, apparently. I, I, however, what I will say is that this song, Hook is the song. Yeah. Um, is so I know it so fucking well for some yeah. reason. In spite of yeah. me being gone when it came out, I mean, it, I it's so fucking catchy. Yeah, it's actually it was part of their um, record, their first record contract that they had to write one single that came pre-installed in every speaker that it's <laughs> that is installed in a public place. <laughs> it's the only time this technology has ever been used <laughs> because there was a lot of backlash, but. Uh, Stop it. Anytime you're anywhere, <laughs> this song is playing. I think I, it does kind of feel like that, yeah. Okay, so I've um, said that now. Yeah. So, okay, so I stole this album, which is called Four, which came out in September of 1994. The Wikipedia page okay. for the single Hook, which is the second single from the album, frustratingly calls the release date 1995. So... What? I, I guess it was just released sometime that year. Um, wow. Fortunately, it was, it was 1995, so it's it's a safe year for the whole year, so we're good. Um, <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. Uh, I stole this album from my mom, who okay. has interesting taste in music, because sometimes she has taste, like back in the early 90s, she has albums that I'm like, wow, okay, that I guess. And then like she'll have like Blues Traveler, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, she had like an REM album that I was like, Mom, why do huh. you ha- I'm like she has great taste in music. It's just that like some of the actual purchases that she chose to make in the early 90s were like uh-huh. hit or miss. Um right. but like she had this and so I stole it and immediately uh stepped on it and broke the jewel case <gasps> like like <laughs> cracked down the, the so I never gave it back to her because oh no. It was broken. So I was like, well, this is mine now. So but hook I like Hook a lot. It was the first time that I learned any sort of rap. Suck it in, suck it in, suck it in. If you're into dinner in Berlin, make it a spin move or else you'll win. And then begin to see what you're doing to me. This MTV is not for free. It's so PC is killing me. So desperately I'll sing to the other. And yes, I know that that's, that that's silly to say for a blues traveler song, a bunch of, you know, varying levels of large white men. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I, but you were also like 11 at this point. So I'm, yeah, yeah. I am very forgiving of you saying that. Cool, 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 cool. Thank you. Um, so this, I wouldn't have gotten into Bare Naked Ladies had I not uh, learned the uh-huh. rap from Hook because one week would, would follow in a couple of years. And if I hadn't been into Hook, I wouldn't have maybe got, gotten into Bare Naked Ladies at all, which would have been a big uh, missing piece of my life. Yeah. Um, and then I also, uh, then, so then uh, the next rap that I learned as thoroughly as I learned this one was, uh, um, of course, um, <laughs> The Bad Touch by Bloodhound Gang. Um, oh, my God. Which, yeah. <laughs> I, so, I can't think of how that, how, how's it go? Wrap it for us real quick. Uh, that's the one, <laughs> you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery uh, Channel. Oh, you know yeah, that uh, God, classic yes. piece of, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Wow, that's. That's a really interesting, um, like, uh, just, uh, yeah, what's the uh-huh. word? Like, then? your relationship with rap so mm, far. In this mm. Oh, I was gonna right. say, so definition then rap, of rap in big air quotes, huge air quotes here. <laughs> yeah, then in 2001, I, um, I saw, uh, 2002, I saw Eight Mile. Uh huh. So, 
We're yep. still not getting into like uh, African American rappers at all, which is sort mm. of a weird thing. <laughs> um, yeah, but eight miles, but, eight mile is a good, you know, a pretty yeah. good gateway for. A right. lot of white kids, you know. Gate mile. Um, it, uh-huh. And then um, at the end of freshman year of college, my my friend Ajay played me um, a Black Alicious album. And so then oh. I was like, oh, yes. okay. So You're this, like, is, oh. this is what I've been missing. Right. It, and this then is you what good really rap stepped is. on that Blues Traveler CD, right? Well, no, I still like that that whole album really a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm, I contain multitudes. Yeah. <laughs> That's good because I do not. I am... Cool. As our regular cool. listeners know, I am a cynical <laughs> asshole. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm going to abstain from talking shit about Blues Traveler today. And there's one, re- well, several reasons. Oh, but God. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read a little stuff, oh, a little bit of research. I'm that sorry, I did. James. Um, John no, Popper. Fine. I'm, I'm stoked about this. Okay. <laughs> John Popper is the lead singer and uh-huh. rapper of, um, <laughs> of Blues Traveler. <laughs> okay, MC no. Popper. And I will say that he is. The man can play the the harmonica. Yes. Yeah. Like absolutely. a motherfucker. He's really good. He actually yeah. wears a bandolier of harmonicas, which I don't agree with, but I'm That's not talking cool. shit about him. <laughs> um, because he doesn't live too far from us. He lives in what? Snohomish, Washington. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is just actually, outside I of Seattle. Did. Um and several years ago now, this was like ten years ago, but he was pulled over in a black I think it was a Mercedes SUV traveling 111 miles an hour. Whoa. He wasn't driving. <laughs> he was riding. Oh, my God. They were going 111 miles an hour. They searched the car with uh, police dogs, and they found a little bit of marijuana, it said in the news report I read, a little marijuana, <laughs> four rifles, nine handguns, and a switchblade knife. Oh, my and God. And they were all concealed in, like, secret compartments. They also found a taser and Wait, night vision goggles. Now, hold on. Was this his vehicle? <laughs> It was his vehicle. It was his vehicle. It's not anymore because the vehicle was seized. Oh, my God. Um, because it also had flashing emergency headlights, a siren, and a public address system. What? So uh-huh. his statement to He's the police. He's an undercover cop. Everyone knows that, uh, yeah. is that what John that... Popper is an undercover cop. Is it his, that? Or his it... statement to the, the police was that he had installed these items in his vehicle because in the event of a natural disaster, he didn't want to be left behind. Okay. Because you need... What are the night vision? I mean, so you can see at night when you're driving with your flashing headlights on and shooting everyone. <laughs> but in it's sight. okay. It's well, yeah, that's like you need a whole bunch of guns. It seems like you would want more, like, you know, first aid water. kind of stuff, or yeah, water. But guns, I mean, guns, is guns he, are cool too. I mean, is he imagining a natural disaster like an earthquake or like a zombie attack? That's really weird. Or is it I something wonder... more sinister like a well, we don't need to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <guess. right>? like, <laughs> that's really strange. Yeah, um, so I'm not going to well, talk too much shit about this guy. But. Yeah, he has a lot of guns. So, well, wh- you know, whether you're Rin Tin Tin or Anne Boleyn, you have to prepare for the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, God. Is, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing I love about his rapping style oh. is that it doesn't make any sense. I Okay, so this is the last thing I want to say about this song. And James, if you have more to say about it, I will... I'm respectfully listening to you. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I just, I want you to know that I, I sat down, I sat down and I listened to it inten- with intention and I was like, okay, I am, I have an open mind and, you know, my dear friend James loves a song. I'm going in with an open mind and like, 
<laughs> what happened to me was that the only note I took was, <laughs> how can there still be a minute and a half left of this song? <laughs> and then I felt really bad, but it also made me laugh. But I He's think I was, just too, I was just too familiar with it already, I think, to right. have a truly yeah. open mind. So, But I, um, I do like appreciate that you love it. And I think it's really interesting how we all have, like we all have connections to things for different reasons. And yeah. You know, I, I actually find that I, really fascinating. Yeah, it's 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 interesting what comes into our lives and what yeah. and what sort of um, gets its um, I guess I'm going for like um, it's hmm. hooks like hooks into hook. us. Yes, um, yes. And um, it, the hook really like oh, no. it brings you back. Oh god! Um, oh god! It does. Honestly, this song <laughs> actually does. I listened to it once and skipped it a few times while listening to the rest of the playlist, and it gets stu- it's the song that was stuck in my head all week. Yeah, it's actually stuck in my head right yeah. now. The um, this is the first meta song I ever listened to, though. <laughs> mm, yeah, where the song is about the song you're listening to. Yeah, that's which true. is kind of cool. That is cool. Um, and would prepare me for things like No Effects and and you know mm-hmm. other bands that would do the thing about like, <laughs> so you're listening to this song. <laughs> Let's talk about how you're listening <laughs> yeah. to this song. Yeah, because John Popper sort of contains stuff. multitudes. Absolutely. He, right, like me, and not just of guns. James Popper. <laughs> I I <laughs> totally appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so let's move on to yeah. uh, ridiculously serious um, 12-year-old James. Oh, yes. Please tell me the story about <laughs> about this one, which is I Can Love You Like so, That um, by All For One. Right. By All For One. All For One, um, right? mm-hmm. Now, remember, four is the number, but one is the word. Mm-hmm. That's really important. Mm-hmm. It's not All 41. <laughs> um, so this came out on June 17th, 1995, okay. which makes me really... Um, I'm really interested in that because um, I have a specific memory of riding my bike back to the middle school where I'd forgotten a notebook or my whole backpack or some some <laughs> incredibly on-brand mm-hmm. thing. And listening to it on my radio, my pocket radio, which was not part of a Walkman. It was literally just a radio, oh, um, which is also the radio I first heard uh, Walking on the Sun uh, the next or two years from, now, from then um, on. So... Sixth grade for me was ninety four, ninety five. This came out in June of ninety five, which means that I had to have been listening to it. Either the radio was playing like an advanced something or other, or it was specifically like the last days of sixth grade, or I'm remembering a different song. So uh, um, any of those those things are are possible. Uh, some more deflating than than others. <laughs> um, I was listening to this song today, and I was just thinking about how serious it is. Like, and I was thinking about how how much it affected me. Like the, you know, like um, now I'm no Casanova, but I swear <laughs> this much is true. Yeah. I'll be holding nothing back when it comes to you. Yeah. And thinking of like twelve year old James being like, "Yeah, that speaks to yeah. me." Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, really you're like, so yeah, girl. It is, so... and you're like, you are as twelve year old James. You're building your own ideas about romance and like, you know, yeah. I I, I wouldn't kiss sweet. a girl for five more years. Like it was not. <laughs> in the impending future <laughs> in any way. But I was definitely like, had the remember Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, so I, I had also never heard this song. And in fact, I thought I had never heard of all four O-N-E until, yeah, yeah. until Micah played another one of their songs for me earlier. What song was that? I swear. I swear. Yeah. 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 And I was like, oh yeah, okay. I do know all for one. But, yeah. um, I I did not know this one. I yeah. it 
is a very 90s R&B song, like, which I always yeah. appreciate. It is. And yet uh, <laughs> there's more to the story. Oh, you did some research on yeah. this too? Well, okay. Well, let me no, just... I'm sure James well, has has more to tell you oh, about yeah, it. Okay, okay. If if we if we can let's let's talk for just a moment about country music sensation John Michael oh, okay. um, who I know virtually nothing about other than this one fact before all four one released either I swear or uh, um, I can love you like yeah. that John Michael Montgomery released no. versions of both of those songs so what in a way the only notoriety that i personally am aware of um all for one having at all is basically as a john michael montgomery cover oh my god um (laughs) yeah they both and and i was (laughs) hoping that it was the other way around i don't know why why it matters but um yeah i assumed it was the other way around too i don't know why though because back then were were country singers covering r&b songs i don't know that that was happening that much has this happened either way ever in history before again since? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, like back in back in the day, R and B and country were basically the same thing. Um, like in like the fifties, when it was like right. um, Elvis right. and covering things that black, well, black people had made yes. and stuff. But like you know, the country and the like rhythm and blues and stuff were sort of the the same genre ish. And then at some point, I think in like the seventies, there was like a big split. Yes, and like it became like black music versus country yeah. music and and it's never really come back together with i guess the exception of like darius rucker but like <laughs> um it's funny you say that though because that's for another show <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because one of the things i was thinking about listening to this song and these earnest fucking lyrics was yeah. was how similar actually mm-hmm. country and r&b Right. Still were yeah. in certain ways. Like the way that they're talking about these things like love and heartbreak in this very sort of, right. you know, simple and just really earnest way. Um, yeah. I Yeah. I think well, there is still. And when you listen to these two songs together, back to back, like I did a few times yeah. this week, they're not that different at all. All for One didn't even no. bother to do it their own arrangement. <laughs> no. like, they no. sing it almost exactly the same way. <laughs> Yeah, I had hoped that it was that they covered a John Michael Montgomery song, and so he in return covered an All for One song. I was really hoping that was the case, but and I don't have, I do not have the receipts on release dates for the John, the JMM uh, uh-huh. JM Squared <laughs> tracks. Right. But um, I did, I did do that research when I was looking at it because I wanted to confirm or or, or deny that um, that fact. But uh, yeah, I it's it's weird how much like. It, like it's it feels like oh man this is such a like a, a like a, a typical archetypical yeah. R and B song from right. this era and they're like it was originally a country song yeah, You're like, yeah. that makes sense too yes right? that, that also checks out that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly uh, how I felt about it totally I still wonder how it happened and it feel, like are they just big John Michael well, Montgomery fans like, I think it had to have been that uh, I don't know I didn't do label research but in 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 the cynical section of my mind mm-hmm. it's that we have this song, but it's only hitting um, country fans because uh-huh. this this guy is just about as white bread as can be. Right. How can we get this song mm. to be 
elsewhere uh-huh. in the world, by which we mean urban, by which we mean other things. Right. Um, right, right. We want to get on both this charts. I don't boy band for all intents and purposes. Yeah. I definitely don't do think that's overly cynical for like a big record label. Like I don't Yeah. I don't think that's yeah, even It feels that very mid nineties. <laughs> yeah. I mean I feel like that's probably pretty right on. Although what I'm wondering is, do we know if those are the only two songs of his that they covered? As I mean, as far as I can tell, that okay. that was it. Okay. Because um, I would really but, love to find out that they actually were, in fact, a John, whatever his name is, cover band. <laughs> yeah. Like, that would be pretty John, great. John Mike Monty. Yeah, yeah. John yeah, Mike thank Monty. You. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like, and I, I would really... I'm really sad that like I don't have a perspective on someone who was super into John Michael Montgomery back in the day and yeah. been like, oh yeah, this was a minor hit for him until suddenly it was incredibly popular mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <So>. suddenly. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing the all for one version of this song, but I do distinctly remember hearing both versions of I Swear because where I grew up in rural Oregon, yeah. there was a group of us that didn't listen to country at all, but everyone else did. And it was on all the time right. everywhere. And we listened to a lot of R&B and a lot of hip hop right. and stuff like that. And so I remember the all for one versions of these, but I do remember John Michael Montgomery singing, I swear. Yeah. And I don't, th- I don't know that we thought about it that much. It was just like, Oh, they covered yeah. that song. Another yeah. thing I want to say just a couple more things about this song and we can yeah. move on. But um, another thing that's perfect about, just everything that you've said about this, James, is that one of the notes I took on this was this is totally a song that teenagers and preteens would find super romantic in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I and I yeah. get, like if I had been younger, like if if this had come out when I was twelve, um, I would have had the same reaction to it. But now ha- and not having the, the you know, again, I don't have nostalgia right. attached to this song at all. So <laughs> listening to the lyrics, I actually was like cracking up at like, yeah, these lyrics are ridiculous. Like, and it really made me kind of want to do like a, like a country version. of No, no. just like an audio, <laughs> like an audio commentary, mm-hmm. like over the track, yeah. you know, because when he's like, oh, I can love you like that. I would make you my world. Oh, no. No, thanks, dude. I'm, I don't really want to be like your whole thing. And then he's like, you're everything I love or whatever. Show you your everything that's precious to me. Really? Because I kind of feel like you should be into other other things. <laughs> I really liked the, the line, you want tenderness? I can give you tenderness. <laughs> I got like, tenderness. I got what it. rhymes with tenderness, you guys? Yeah. Oh, tenderness. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was I can see through you to your heart which is just creepy if you want tenderness, tenderness. I got tenderness, tenderness. tenderness. and I see through to the heart of me you know how in the 60s, uh, any song with the word dance, uh, you can replace the word dance with fuck and it actually makes uh-huh. sense? Yes, yes. Um, if you replace the word lovin' with fuckin' in this mm-hmm. song, it makes, mm. uh, you know, I'll be holding no- nothing back when I'm loving you. Well, I ain't no Casanova, but I swear this much is true. I'll be holding nothing back when it comes to you. Which is really also funny to, to think of 
young little tiny James being like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, this this once again this speaks to me so much. Poor sweet innocent James not understanding oh. the subtext of what this was well, all about. Of course, because that's every song. Like <laughs> yeah. I think about the songs I was right. listening to at those ages, like mm-hmm. my favorite shit, and now I'm like, oh my god, like. It was all about yeah. sex. Yeah. And sometimes about yeah. drugs and death and other shit that I had. I just yeah. had no idea. I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men was such like a, like, just saying it. Right. In such a, like, it was sort of like a, oh, we can just, they can oh, just, just say, saying this. I hadn't heard I want to sex you up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll Make Love to You was like, um, oh, okay. Like and then you hear like, Please Please Me by the Beatles and you're like, oh. Like, that's the same song. Okay. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, you, 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 you give me and then I'll give you, uh-huh. you know, it's please, please me. Wink, wink, wink. It's 69 mm-hmm. is what you they're, know. yeah, basically. Right. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So. <laughs> nice. The first Beatles single was basically about mutual masturbation. Yeah. And I think we're ready to move on. All okay. right. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Number six, As Cool As I Am yeah. by Dar Williams. I meant to look up the yes. lyrics for this one. I really wanted to look up the lyrics and I forgot. Um, but you talk yeah. first, James. This, um, so I couldn't find a release date, even though it did say that the single was released um, in 1996. It appears that it was released, that the album was released on um, on January 23rd, 1996, which, okay. um, so it was, and then if the singles were released in 1996, I assume in the summer or whatever. So we're still fine. Yeah, um, yeah. This is, so um, Dar Williams was, uh, uh, is is still a singer songwriter from um, the uh, Massachusetts area. Okay. That my so um, in 1990, early 1994. So summer 1994, I think we were listening to public radio. My my dad, my stepmom, and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, suddenly, my stepmom like went closer to the radio and was like, "Oh man, I really love this song." And it was the first single from Dar Williams' first album. Uh, the album was called The Honesty Room, and the song was called When I Was a Boy. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about, it, you know, in 1994, it's basically a song about how some boys, some girls have childhoods where they're, like, doing boy things. I'm doing right. air quotes. Like, where they're just raised doing boy things. And then the second part of the song is she's talking to to a, a guy friend, maybe a, maybe a boyfriend or whatever. But he's like... And she's like, you know, but you you wouldn't understand that. And he's like, no, 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 no. I totally get that because when I was a kid, I like picked flowers with my mom and like cooked all the time and like and how like society like gets that out of you as uh-huh. quick as possible. So that was the first. I mean, it's like an intense, but it's a beautiful song and it's a beautiful album. Yeah. Um. So this was the so that was like her debut. This okay. was like her her like sophomore effort. Uh, the album was called Mortal City. Okay. And uh, this is the first single and first track of it. So this is literally like the first thing you heard of it. Of it. And um, Dar Williams has always been, those two albums specifically, um, have always been like really, really close to my heart because they remind me of my dad and my stepmom mm-hmm. so much. But also because they're so not uh, simultaneously like, um, I guess nowadays we'd, we'd say like woke, but like sort of yeah. progressive and like right. really like, forward thinking but also super accessible yeah. and like a you know a, a what al- almost 13 year old boy can be like yeah this song about you know female beauty standards and men right. kind of being assholes right uh really speaks to me well <laughs> well <laughs> and, i mean you were also a uh pretty uh unique kind of 13 year old boy i'm guessing but still yes i i yeah. i take your point for sure yeah yeah 
Yeah, I, it, it and it's and this song has only gotten more and more um, relevant. But it feels more and more relevant. Yeah. yeah, in 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 the ensuing years. Yeah, um, I was I yeah. was um, impressed. So first of all, my take on her because I did not know, I had not heard of her. I did. I don't think. Yeah. Um. And my take on her was that she's sort of like an Ani DeFranco meets Jewel, is how I. Yeah. That's how I felt about it. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I think that's a fair assessment. Um. Which is good. I mean, I I was a giant Ani DeFranco fan. Is Ani DeFranco kind of uh, like a hippie-ish, kind of crunchy a little bit? Am, am I? I'm, I'm not yeah. incredibly. I only. I've known many many wonderful women in my life have been really into Ani DeFranco, and yeah. I've never never crossed the threshold. But she's sort of like uh, uses the word man a lot. <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Um, I would say, and, and I'm not saying I'm saying like that 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 connects her to Doug. I feel like Doug Williams has this like yeah. very crunchy, you know, hippie-ish vibe to her that uh, I think Ani really works. So it's, I'm sorry. No, I think Ani yeah. has become more and more that way. In the beginning, she was yeah. a lot tougher. She was more um, yeah. punk, I would say, even though her yeah. songs were not like. Yeah, in the like style of punk rock. Punk yeah, like stuff. folk punk yeah. for sure. Like right. angry yeah. and really powerful, mm-hmm. you know, very political, um, not super accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, became a lot more accessible later. Right. But yeah, but when but then listening to her, I really wish I would have looked up the lyrics, but um I got enough of them, obviously, to get what the song was about. And I just love the line, I will not be afraid of women. I'm not threatened. Oh, 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 I'm not that petty. Cool as I am, I thought you'd know this already. I will not be afraid of women. I will not be afraid of women. I love that yeah. so much, and it's so fucking relevant right now yeah. in our current just cultural moment. And yeah. I, yeah, I really appreciated that. For both men and women, I feel like, yeah, like you need don't like for not not that men shouldn't be afraid of women because. We absolutely should because they're coming, but um, <laughs> in a way of time. like, of like, don't be afraid and don't like, like the fear that that makes you be you know a misogynist and the fear of of what a woman led world would yeah. be like. Uh-huh. It was really good to hear like you know women are just like don't put them up on a pedestal. Yeah, they can just be equals. And we don't need but, to compete with yeah, each other. Right. That's that's exactly, and that's really that's really the point exactly. of the song. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to feel insecure. I'm not going to let you make me feel insecure and blame this woman for exactly. what you did in right. our relationship. Which was yeah. very progressive, <laughs> right. like at the time. I think like that um, that yeah. idea. Not that I mean. I was. I really like the part where she's like, uh, you know, he says. Um, I, if I if I could believe that stuff, I'd say that woman has a halo. Yeah. And I look out and say, yeah, she's really blonde. Like, like I really like yeah. the like, like yeah. She has blonde hair. That is correct. Yes. Right. Uh, right. And then she's and then like she's like and then I go outside to join the others. I am the others. Yeah. Which I really yeah. like too. Exactly. Um, no, I really appreciated yeah. but I'd like, the sentiment of that song. Yeah. yeah. One thing I had yeah. I have to she, note about this song is that yes, that is a didgeridoo. Yes, oh, I, yeah. that was I noticed that for the first time and confirmed it when I was looking up the release date tonight. Yeah. I was like, like that what? is a didgeridoo. I heard yep. it and I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, of course. Oh, it's a didgeridoo. Yeah, that's pretty fucking crunchy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Possibly yeah. culturally appropriative, yeah. but you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, po- quite possibly. Yeah, pr- um, probably. I think that like, 
she, let's let's face it, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but although I wouldn't, I'm not sure because the thing about cultural appropriation, not that I'm trying to explain it or anything, but the, in my understanding yeah. of cultural appropriation, uh, but in my understanding of cultural appropriation, it's that you take it and are like, yeah, this is mine. Right. And I I can't imagine Dar Williams doing that necessarily. Yeah. I feel like she'd be like, we met these wonderful, you know. Aboriginal tribes and blah blah blah, and they taught me how to play the didgeridoo or whatever. Right, exactly, and they showed us how to rock out on the didgeridoo. Totally, I Um, I think there's a really I think that the line between I mean that's actually why I say it that way, like kind of uncertainly, because I don't I think that that line is really hazy sometimes, like between sure you know the argument is is it appropriation or is it appreciation, Um, and right and I don't. I most of the time don't have the answers except for in, you know, really obvious, like offensive yeah. cases, you know. Or in like the case of all sure. R&B and rock music. Right. Yeah. You you reach a point where it's like, yeah, well, I mean, it, it started off sort of original sin almost. Like, <laughs> right. first thing we did was steal it. Yeah. Then we did whatever we were going to do with it. But like, if you go back far enough... Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I mean, <laughs> like pretty much everything is uh, cultural appropriation yeah. if you go um, back far enough. Yeah, that that's true. Um, Dar Williams was also really interesting for me to experience. Like, I found out that she was really popular in the LGBTQ community. Uh-huh. Um, Ani also and, huge. Right. It, yeah. Um, and then I was like. I was listening through to these first two albums and she doesn't use a lot of pronouns, mm. which is really interesting. Like she uses a lot of use yeah. and like my loves and stuff. And like at first, you know, when I was first doing this investigation, this very thorough and, and not at all problematic investigation, I was like, I think she might be a lesbian. <laughs> not at all problematic. <laughs> no, I would have um, done that. Like... Because I, she never. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, oh, she, they, like, it's because, it's because everyone can relate to some, like, songs that are like, you, or my, you know, my lover, or my whatever, yeah. lovers, it has to be said by the right person. Yeah, but, it's a gross, um, it's a pretty gross word. Most of the time. <laughs> um, right. But, um, like, it's really interesting that, like, the same thing where it's not like, oh, she didn't say my boyfriend, she said my lover. Uh-huh. How ambiguous uh-huh. is the thing that would be... <laughs> uh-huh. like, it can be applicable to other other people which is kind of great well did you find not, out like, just heteronormative. did you find out how she identifies or has she she's married she's married with to to a man and has and has several okay. several children but i only confirmed that when i like for sure for sure when i saw her in concert um like five years ago okay but that um, also does not mean she's so, not queer yeah. because True. Hi. She could be queer. She could be bi. She yeah. I, right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, she did so, have a didgeridoo um, as, all over as, this album. So, what does that say? That's true. Are you saying that's that that's true. a phallic thing, and she loves dick, or what? No, I don't know what, what are I was you saying. saying. I hadn't taken it that far. Okay. My mouth just started moving. <laughs> Your mouth just said words, and then you couldn't stop it. I just wanted to say didgeridoo. It was again. already yeah. happening. Okay. Um, you wanted to didgeridoo it before it was already didgeridoo. Oh my God. Okay, that was a good one. I like that one. I give you, I'll give you props for that one. <laughs> See, I was just setting cool. him up for that. Yeah, good job. Okay, next song. I know you know yes. I have things to say about this. Like, oh, do I know that? Yes, because I have a Smashing Pumpkin story. <laughs> 
You have a Smashing Pumpkins You story? don't remember this, James? Is oh it my God. one that isn't Billy Corgan's an asshole? No, this is before... I think this is way before anyone knew that because this was... This was back in Billy Corgan had hair days. This was... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Wait, wait. In fact, I think this is when... This, well, this... Billy Corgan and Darcy... This was Darcy. Billy Corgan losing all his hair. <laughs> yeah, maybe. This is this is the album when he... In this video, he had a top hat on and then in the next video, 1979, it was like, yep, no hair. But over the course, at some point during this album cycle, he had hair that is like my hair. Uh-huh. And so that was a real big draw for me into, <laughs> into Smashing Pumpkins was his, there are two people named James in this band and the lead singer looks like me. And the other one is a very cute girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Darcy. Oh, yeah. I totally had a crush on Darcy. Yeah. I didn't. I don't know if I realized it or not. Yeah. I think I did. But yeah. yeah, like not too long before I was sent away. I. God damn it. This is another thing I meant to look up was the date of this show. And I will look it up Mm. after this, after we record and I'll share it. But um, I drove down in a van full of other misfits to Portland to see Smashing Pumpkins at a very small uh, venue called La Luna in Wait, Portland. you went to see Smashing Pumpkins yes. with the Misfits? And was Glenn Danzig there too? Yeah. <sighs> You're a yeah. dick. Shut up. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I thought it too. Yeah, you're both shut up. But I didn't say anything. Cause, yeah, because um... you're not a dick. So <laughs> there we go. There's my mic as an asshole moment. That's appropriate. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, I love those moments. I know you do. I know <laughs> um, you do. Uh, I actually remember you telling me about this concert now because I did, yeah. at the time, like 10 months ago, look up the, 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 the date of it. Okay, um, that... But I don't remember it yeah, so okay. it's in our messages way, way okay. back if you scroll back Way back. back. Okay. Yeah, I thought we had had that conversation. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. yeah, now I remember. But yeah, yeah it yeah. was amazing. And um, so I have talked on this podcast before about a close friend of mine who took her own life, uh, uh, you know, a few months before I was sent away. And we were at that show together. She was there. And so mm. um, so for me, that was Siamese Dream. I think this is – what album is this one from? Right. This is from... This is from Melancholy and the Right, Sadness. that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. Siamese Dream. So listening to this song, it's like, actually, any Smashing Pumpkins song breaks my heart immediately. Mm. But in a, mm. you know, in a good yeah. way, though, like I... And, yeah. and listening to this song, memory, right? this is probably... No, this is definitely my favorite song on this playlist. And um, mm. it, it just made me, like, need to listen to Siamese Dream and also Gish. I don't know yeah. how familiar you guys are with that album, but... But mostly Siamese. I mean, yeah, incredibly. Smashing yeah. is is my favorite band, one of my favorite bands, like yeah. top three favorite bands. So like, yeah, yeah. I have a, I bought, I bought a record of Gish, like a a, a vinyl record yeah. of Gish, to with literally the purpose of framing it and putting it up in my oh, special nice. shrine in my bedroom. Nice. Um, I don't think I even opened it. I was just like, yep, this fits in the frame I bought. Let's put it up. <laughs> um, yeah, and Siamese Dream is my favorite Smashing Pumpkins album. It's um, so good. It's just that it didn't fit in the thing, you know? Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know, because it was, <laughs> it was too early. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. But, yes, but I... this um, this was my first Smashing Pumpkins album. Okay. So that, that it really, it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're... Um, and I, I've actually talked about uh, my history with Siamese Dream on, I did a, an episode of the Great Albums podcast back in October of 2017. Oh, nice. Uh, where, which is, which is fun that you could you or listeners could go listen to if you wanted to. It's very long and very thorough, but it was a good time. Yeah. So that same friend Christian um, 
who lived down like a couple of blocks over from me. Blocks is not correct because it was like a suburb, but like he lived several roads down. Units. From me. Um, uh, had the album of of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, which is a double album, right? And uh, it came out in late 1995. This single came out in Europe in April of 1996, and then in America in June of 1996, which is weird. Oh, um, so wait, I think he would. What's up? So wait, the single came out after the album yeah. came out. It was like the fourth single. Okay, from the album. Sorry. Yeah, they, I, so they released I, I like uh, how, I, think... I forgot how radio used to work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think they did. I think uh, zero was the first and then bullet um with butterfly wings was the second mm-hmm. and then possibly 1979 and then i think this okay and then i think muzzle but then the keyboardist died and so they mm-hmm. fired jimmy chamberlain for being on drugs and jimmy chamberlain was on god i remember that, that song so they switched that to 33 which was without drums yeah um yeah so i think that it was it was it was right in the middle of the of the album cycle and so my my friend Christian uh, made me a tape of Melancholy and, Inf- and the Infinite Sadness in such a way that he was like, "Yeah, this is a good song. Let's let's du- let's tape this one." <laughs> and we would tape it. And he's like, "Nah, this one's not good." Like, there's a specific like he taped most of the of the of the first disc for me, but there was a time when he was like, "Nah, this song's not that good." And then we we taped the next song, and he's like, "You know what? Actually, that song was good." So I think <laughs> of that album in the wrong order because he was he taped like it was like track six and seven. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also more familiar with the the red CD than the blue CD, which has the blue CD has 33 and 1979 on it, um, but the red CD has uh, Tonight Tonight and uh, Zero and Bullet and uh, Muzzle on it. And I um, so I think of I sorry. No, no, just I was very familiar with this song with tonight, tonight, tonight. Yeah, is it tonight or tonight, yeah. tonight, 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 tonight. Yeah, uh, that word sounds weird now, but um, I was very yeah. familiar with that one, but I can't think of the other songs you're even mentioning right now. So I, I... um, bullet is the world is a vampire. Okay, um, and despite all my ca- memory, oh right, still, yeah. yes, of course, of course, of course, that's bullet with butterfly Of course, okay. Um, nineteen seventy nine. You would know um, 1979. Shake okay. down 1979. Okay. Um, mm, you, you know it. It's it's probably the biggest Smash Pumpkin song. Okay. You, you've definitely definitely heard. I it. wonder. And you should look up the video for that one because it's really really good. Ooh, let's do a video. Let's do oh, yeah, a music video idea. episode of, and like include that in one. Okay, I'm taking a note on that right now. One thing I loved about this song, which you guys music people will probably know what this means or what it what it's called, but I loved the opening to the song kind of gives like it has everything in the song like the refrain is in it with the the strings and like it's all there and then it's instantly paired back just to a single guitar and drums and you start singing and yeah. I love it the it's way like it's like an almost like an overture. Yeah, yeah. it like totally. gives you a little tease yeah. of what's coming, and it's yeah. really like I can't think of the right word, but it's like overwhelming almost with all the strings and everything. Yeah, and then they cut it back yeah. right away, and he starts singing. Well, it's like moving. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's yeah. one of those things that you, if you are a human, you are going to be moved by it. Yeah, it's great. It is like a yeah. it's like a mini overture. Yeah, and it's really funny because it's it's the first song on the album 
Um, it, the the album starts with an instrumental piano thing mm. called the title track, and it's just like this. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah. But it's like not. I mean, it's you know. It's not I especially tokens. love thinking of people who are like coming to this from Siamese Dream and are like, okay, yeah, right. So it's a double album. That's <laughs> yeah, why so we have this this, what this doing two now. and a half minute extended <laughs> piano only piano nothing else that is basically like uh you know just like a, a pre like a you know a prelude right almost and then it goes into this song so it's like the the mm-hmm. piano is sort of like it built me bursts into this big thing mm-hmm. and then yeah like it's almost like it, it shows you the whole thing and then the universe expands yeah to yeah. you know like expands out um the video for this song was really really cool too uh i watched a making of the video uh the mtv had this um they I, they they showed like a feature of like making this video and like there was all sorts of like old timey costumes and it it references that old you know that old 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 movie like Voyage to the Moon where they shoot a rocket yes. like it lands in the moon's eye and yes. stuff it's like an old French yeah yeah it the, the video is basically that uh huh wow cool um, okay so we should do yeah. We should do a music videos episode. Maybe we should do a music videos episode just on Smashing Pumpkins videos if there's oh, another man. one. I also am Oof. thinking like maybe we should do this whole album because it's not one that I've ever listened to all the way through. Like I don't really. No, I, I think you had this album. Nope. I mean, it's just one of those things. I don't hmm. know. I loved Siamese Dreams so much, and mm. then I just sort yeah. of never caught up with them. I do yeah. that with bands though sometimes. Like I mm-hmm. sort of like mm. I peak. Um like I'm not saying it's necessarily when they peak, but there's a point where I'm like, Yeah, this is the best thing ever. I'm gonna stop here. And mm-hmm. it's not a conscious decision yeah. even. It's just something that I I seem to do a lot. <laughs> so Sure. Um Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, the if if you're oh okay. All right. Never mind. What I was gonna say the there's there's a there's a music video for the the song Perfect, which is a sequel to the music video for 1979, okay. but it came out in like 98, 99. So uh, okay. I I, re- I refuse to let you do that. No, <laughs> that's that's not acceptable. But um, Melancholy has a lot of really cool videos too. Like okay. the the Bullet one is really good, and the Zero one is really good too. So you could you could take a look at, at some of those and see cool. if you wanted to do any of those. Um, awesome. Okay. So yeah, and like they um. They like I had the poster of like like Billy Corgan's wearing like this cool like top hat suit situation and like James Eha's playing like this old guitar and I think Darcy has like I don't know they probably gave her a harp or something to represent <laughs> that sounds a, right. a bass and then that sounds yeah right. and then Jimmy Chamberlain has just a single snare drum uh-huh, um, uh-huh. so it's like all like like old timeifying right Pitch, which is very cool yeah. Um, I, I could I could literally talk for for a really really long time about about this song. Yeah, perha- I think perhaps we will have to have you back on to talk about to talk more about them. Oof, I absolutely time. will will be loved would love to be on. Thank okay. you. Okay, <laughs> I would love to. Thanks, I accept. <laughs> you didn't even ask. I asked you, so it was all a long call. <laughs> actually, the first, so <laughs> he just put this one Wait, smashing right, pumpkin song on. <laughs> So that you can come back and yeah. talk about Smashing Pumpkins with us. And that concludes James's playlist, Side A. We were not planning for this to be two episodes, but... We talked for a long, long time. We talked for a long time, and we don't want to release a two-hour episode for you all. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. And the second half will be next week. Actually, this was seven songs. Next week it'll be four more. Or this was... Three or four. 
I don't know. No, there's four more, I know. But anyway. It's very confusing. Regardless. More <laughs> songs. There will be more, more Talking with James next week. We'll wrap up the mixtape. Side B. Exactly. And then the following week, we will be talking with uh, Chris Ballou from the Presidents of the United States of America, who we recorded with today. And um, he was a delight. And so you all should look forward to that one as well. It was very fun. Yeah, it should be. It should be a really good one, I, I think. So good stuff coming your way next two weeks. And thank you for listening. Thanks to Graham McRae for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our Webernet stuff. Thanks to Minus Violet for our music. Until next time. See you in the 90s. 90s.